Welcome to Research Bytes Podcast, the podcast where we talk to research students about their journeys through academia. My name is MTS and co-host Lachlan. I'm Felix is about six today. Hope you get well soon, Felix. And our wonderful guest today is Joshua Karras from the School of Population Health at UNSW. Joshua is a third-year PhD student researching communication and vaccine uptake. Hello, Joshua. Hello. Thank you for having me. No worries. No, thank you for coming on. Finally. (laughs) Great pleasure. We got there. (laughs) So, in a nutshell, tell us how you got to doing a PhD. Sure. Uh, The journey started very early on in my tertiary kind of journey. I was studying vision science, a Bachelor of Science majoring in vision science, was enrolled to do optometry. And when I was failing miserably at the practical elements of, you know, the optometric practice, it became clear that I love health, but I'm not going to be a primary healthcare worker. (laughs) I was, I'll never forget when I was um, doing a practical exam and was, you know, shown a a lovely patient who gives up the time so we can assess them. I was um, shown... It w- I was asked to diagnose and give prognosis, did my little tests, said all clear. I knew something was wrong when the examiner just gave me this querying look, gave a pause and was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I later found out the patient had macular degeneration, glaucoma and cataracts. <laughs> well, and you just said, oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, no one can read those numbers. <laughs> I got full marks for my uh, bedside manner. Love chatting with the oh, guy, but just absolutely lost all the marks across the board for actually treating the patient. So I moved, uh, thanks to some great mentoring, I moved into um, the space of public health. I did a master's of international public health and then a master's of health management because I thought I'm, I'm, um, I'm curious about health leadership. And then uh, through a very lucky circumstance of, a, of key selections of elective topics, I was actually able to do a third master's in a semester um, in uh, infectious disease, master of public health in infectious disease control. Wow. It was very lucky. Um, and uh, in that time, I was encouraged to do a qualitative research subject, which is called qualitative research, where basically you pick a, a project, pick a supervisor, and just do a publication in, um, and you know, kind of fast track. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have had a, my lead author publication that would you know give me access to potentially... Um, engaging in a, in a PhD. So it's just so funny that that random, like, okay, I'll just do this third master's, ended up being the critical point mm-hmm. um, at a really important juncture. I'm quite intrigued by the third master's. Mm-hmm. You, you typically do just the one, if, if, <laughs> yeah. if in Australia at all, one yeah. master's. Yeah. So were you doing, it sounded like you were doing the first two simultaneously That's and right. then yep. you did the third one. Exactly. There so was a they're, they're all coursework or was it a research It was all masters? course. The first two was all coursework. I see, yeah. Um, and it was done in a year and a half. Um, UNSW has an awesome combined master's program. And I was I was, was incredibly attracted by that because I also want to work with the UN. Um, I wanted to at that time. Um, and so international public health, big tick. And health leadership, health management, big tick. And then in the during that time, I just grew to have a fascination in infectious diseases just very organically just through that work and so that was the um, course of yeah kind of fell into very naturally the infectious disease space Hmm. 
That's so cool. Yeah. I'm going to take it back a little step. Okay. You mentioned through amazing mentorship. Mm. So a theme on the podcast with all of the guests we've had when we've asked them about the experience is they've all identified at least one person in their journey who's been instrumental in mm. either motivation, guidance, mm. someone who's helped them along the way. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the mentoring there and how they guided you to public health. Absolutely. I do know that it is a segment because as an avid listener, um, <laughs> I am familiar with the repetition and I actually have one prepared. <laughs> so it would definitely be Associate Professor Maria Marculli from the uh, School of Optometry and Vision Science. She was or is just an extraordinarily talented researcher and an even more so talented uh, teacher, uh, lecturer, mentor. Um, I could include and go on forever. She saw, I think, some potential in me during the time that I was just rapidly failing, you know, even failing subjects that I had had to repeat. So even you know, on paper, I looked horrendous. And she still, in that time, um, offered me the position to be uh, of a, of a uh, summer research scholar at the at the school. So this is like third or fourth year. So back in yeah, and of my, yeah of my undergraduate degree, which is what was dragging out because of the failures. And she was constantly providing me with opportunity uh, to engage. She was my thanks to her. I was my, it was my first publication, middle author. I will never forget how excited I was. <laughs> just I was like a, a, a humble like data collector, and she was just so she, she the mate the way that she encouraged me uh to keep you know up this uh passionate kind of exploration of scientific inquiry was really fundamental to me thinking you know maybe i can do this even if and during a time when you know self-esteem was at a all-time low because of the you know that transcript that just kept <laughs> with the wham oh, that just I kept know the feeling. he just kept dropping and dropping with every passing semester uh and so and then from there uh just stuck with her. Um, she, I kept using her as a mentor. She helped me frame the, when I had this PhD idea, um, I actually emailed her. I will, I'll never forget when I had just not, I had, I had failed to uh, acquire a position with the graduate um, program with the New South Wales government. And I was like, oh, Maria, I'm in an email. I was, uh, I was somewhere in Central America at the time when I got the email. Maria, I didn't get it. What do I do now? This is so sad. <laughs> uh, she goes, you know what? Let's take. Let's just see what 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 windows have opened from this closed door. You know, that's what, that that's how she talks. She doesn't mm. say, "Don't worry." When one door closes, another one opens. She's like already ahead of it. She's like, "What? Wh wh let's explore." Have you thought about this, 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 this? Mm. She goes, "Do you want to do any, any other research?" I was like, "Hmm." And then I'll remember. I'll never forget. I was like thinking really hard. <laughs> this is, and, and I was standing in my hostel in. Antigua, Guatemala. <laughs> and I was like... Set the scene. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The sun was setting. The, um, uh, you know, that music was in the air. And uh, I thought, mm, I'm really passionate. Obviously, she goes, you have to be passionate about it. I said, well, I'm really passionate about, you know, kids unnecessarily dying from poor decisions of their parents, from preventable diseases. That that just... Oh, who isn't? Um, I thought, what about what about, like vaccine hesitancy and like how to communicate better she, she goes i freaking love it that's not me she's vision, vision science but let's roll with that and she just tried to just, she, she connected me she yeah, moved things through and uh all the way through the proposal process which you know is horrendously long and arduous mm. um all the way to the point where she kind of handed me over gently to my supervisor mm. um and there's this lovely rounded moment where she 
where I was able to last year at the um, UNSW Research Awards. Um, I was per, um, postgraduate president last year and she won a supervisor award and I was able to present her with this oh. award. And I was like, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing, I love you. This is, this is from other people, but also from me. Like, <laughs> you are amazing. And we, uh, yeah, it was a really special moment of kind of like, uh, I'm, only, I'm only here because of you. So yeah, huge shout out wow. to Maria McCauley, now and forever. That's a really <laughs> cool story. Thanks, <Please, laughs> sir. So tell us about your current research. Sure, yes. I am in the kind of real, the guts of my thesis at the moment where we are exploring, as, a, as you mentioned, uh, improving communication interventions for uh, vaccine-hesitant people in particular uh, about the COVID-19 vaccine preliminarily. I started in 2021. Obviously, that was going to be the situation. Um, but now moving, expanding to all vaccines. We are most keenly excited about exploring a type of communication uh, known as peer-to-peer -peer communication or um, more colloquially, word of mouth, and understanding on a more deeper, robust level how we can harness, you know, this very powerful type of communication to improve yeah, immunization uptake. So what that looks like, how that translates is in the first year, we uh, conducted two studies. One was exploring the perceptions and receptiveness of uh, a vaccine-hesitant cohort, of a COVID-19 vaccine-hesitant cohort, and their openness and, re and potential receptiveness to receiving information in this way. Understanding that, let's just start at step one, will it actually work? So that involved us diving deep, um, exploring these questions of what would you want from uh, the government, from people, from literally anyone, any resource, how would you want information about vaccines to be presented to you? So that uh, included, yeah, just uh, you know, conducting uh, about f uh, 40 uh, semi-structured interviews. They were all done online because they were done during the Delta period. Mm -hmm. So it was very, it was a, a really drastic time. It was the only topic on the, you know, on, on the national mm. agenda for discussion. So it was a very potent topic. And I'm, I'm really glad we did it then because people had opinions, mm. right? We all did. Mm. So uh, got some incredible stories, I'll, I'll say data, from these people. And the very first thing I want to say about it is, as a scientist speaking to vaccine-hesitant people, a question I get a lot is, Oh, how did you last? How did you how did you cope hearing all these people talk about their conspiracy theories and and all these things? I think there is a this is the first stop on learning on what a peer to peer communication intervention should look like. The first one is not to judge. The th that's step one. Uh, to come from we learned from the from the these the findings of these interviews demonstrated that the moment people these people perceive uh, perceive that uh, the government agency uh, the the people they're talking to their workplace are judging them or creating a negative perception, you've lost them already. Mm. So that was really interesting and we learned a lot uh, we learned a lot more. That that was a, a theme in the in the paper that you right. uh, that you published about this um this research mm -hmm. that on both sides when um you know family members who were pro vaccine were trying to communicate with family members or friends mm -hmm. or whatever who who weren't so and on the other side, you know, people who were very anti vaccine mm. and talking to their families 
the second any combat arose or any sort of like contention, yeah, contention sort of came out, that was the immediate shutdown, which is what we know in most communication. Yeah. But I think as you as you pointed, such a um, uh, spicy topic at spicy. the time. So chilly. Oh my god, <laughs> ten out of ten. Uh, it w- yeah, it, exactly right. So and it was great to capture the spiciness. If we were to do the do it again today, I think that we'd have a lot more. I suppose mellow kind of. Uh, I suppose what's the word I'm looking for? A a, uh, a paused. Um, what's the word? Like a subdued. Yes, that's yeah. the word. Thank you. A <laughs> subdued response from these from these people because, yeah. let's be real. Who's talking about vaccines today? We're over it. We've, we're kind of moving on. Uh, talking about again the booster, again the booster. You have to for number four or five. That's not that's not happening. Well, I saw a um, I saw a ad like at a bus stop the mm. other day about like the what's like fifth dose for some people, fourth mm-hmm, dose, mm-hmm. like the the bivalent vaccines. Yep, yep. And you know, f- most of the time, it's always been like thumbs up, band aids, go you. We've mm. got to vaccinate. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. for doing your part. And this one was, do you need a refill? And they had like a yeah. coffee cup yeah, filling it up. Yeah. It was like this sort of. Like <laughs> as non-medical as humanly possible, yeah, yeah. like sort of being like, oh, time for a top up, you know, like <laughs> interesting change. I think that that change occurred just through my you know, understanding of the way public health promotion is responding and learning from the pandemic is that you got to change it up mm. because uh, a lot number, especially with this vaccine hesitant uh, population, and even this is back then when it was currently you know, brand new, the number of times I heard the sentiment, I'm so sick of hearing that these vaccines are safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Uh, if we were ke- if we were to still keep hearing that today, it would, I would suggest, almost definitely have a uh, a, a negative response mm. because mm. Uh, it is it is almost like there is a, a perpetration um, through the repetition, a, a mm. kind of a, the development of a why we ch- why do I keep hearing this like it's a siren. Um, and it's and I'm, and I'm sick of hearing it. Turn it off. Kind of uh, the notion that people can get bored and w- and they get frustrated with what they're bored with. So just that sentiment there is perhaps uh, one reason, and also just lowering the modality as well is another perhaps explanation for what you've j- just experienced mm. because it is less urgent. Mm. That is in some ways true, only from the perspective that. The vaccine, obviously, was it the the COVID nineteen? As we begin that gradual exit out of the pandemic status, is not becoming as uh, the mortality rates are are dropping slowly, but yeah, it's still a serious disease. And you and please, I will not be cancelled by my supervisor. Get your boosters. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that like it's got the um, the Wuhan and Omicron strain, mm-hmm. this new vaccine. Mm-hmm. Like I think well. Uh, I've got like a little piece I want to say about this. I think I think you know I'm very uh, interested in mRNA technology as someone that studies immunology, fascinated by the mm. whole you know the whole thing. I just thought it was like I said thank you to my like when I got my vaccine. I was like thank you so much to the nurse. Like mm. you know like you you know I'm so excited to receive this amazing technology. Mm, mm. And she's like what's RNA? And I was just like <laughs> ah you know, <laughs> you know like yeah. I the whole time like I was so like I was just fascinated by this. You know we can we can go on maybe later, but just how amazing this technology was. Mm-hmm. The mRNA ones, of course. Mm. 
And then there was this whole thing, and I think that's why maybe there was that repetition of like the safe and effective, safe yeah. and effective. Because compared to other vaccines, like they are, like they really are. You know, <laughs> like uh, that was the question I was gonna uh, I was gonna ask you. Like, how much of the hesitancy was because of fear of you know these negative side effects? Because I know there was a sort of conspiracy about the heart mm -hmm. inflammation and all this. Yep. You know, uh, so a lot directly in a short word, in a short few words. Many people uh, maintained and generated a, a sentiment of hesitancy because of the newness of not just the vaccine itself, but also the technology. Mm. But most had it about the vac development of the vaccine. Many concerns. How could it? Where, um, where are the long-term tests? You haven't done that. All, all of those notions that I would say just about everyone who's listening has, has experienced from a neighbor, friend, colleague, mm. sibling. Yeah. So that was that was definitely um, collected as well. There was yeah the idea to summarize that, that study. It was don't judge me. I don't have enough information. It's like a puzzle that I'm trying to work out, uh, and I need my time to to kind of put it all together. And w w let's wait and see. Maybe uh, um a there was a lack of uh, perceived seriousness of the COVID nineteen disease. Mm. I'm young and healthy. I'll be fine. Mm. Definitely came through. Yeah, that that was a big one. Yep, and uh, of course there was the um. In going back to the essence of my thesis, in exploring what interventions, what communication interventions would suit you, mm. they weren't get they, what what they wanted and were not getting were um, a what they thought was a balanced, kind of detailed factual information repository or resource that said this is what is good about the vaccine, this is what is bad. And they wanted lists of all, all the things that are bad. This is how it can help you. This is what you can do. These are your options. Never saying get the vaccine. None. Th th this resource that, that, that the, I suppose, the most common answer, that they don't want to be told what to do. Uh, I mean, who, who does, I guess? That is, that was uh, a, a nature of the finding. Now, this, that paper, that I've, the study that I've just summarized, isn't actually the one that was recently published. Um, because it, yeah, the um, the champion paper that you probably read, Lucky, that was published a couple of weeks ago, mm. um, that one was the second one that we did that this that year, which was exploring um, the willingness for people who did get vaccinated to engage in P2P communication. So the other side of the coin, mm. so to speak. So that was a yeah, similar number, a very similar number of uh, semi-structured interviews, a similar interview guide. Um, but with obviously amendments and changes that include that included us exploring uh, any potential shifts in motivation or willingness to communicate the vaccine because they got vac vaccinated, and the I suppose s scenarios that they would be happy to chat and the ones that they wouldn't be. So that was uh, that second paper, which was uh, very interesting as well. Overall, the main key findings from that were yes. Huge change. Uh, I mean, it's logical. They've walked the walks. So they're happy to talk the talk. That was the, this is the beauty of qualitative science. It's kind of easy to explain. <laughs> <laughs> I can just prank pull out like a. No, I liked <laughs> how you had some sort of like idioms and and sort of typical phrases in that. I liked I it. I know? have that privilege. I, that it's it's yeah. called that qual privilege. That you know, <laughs> um, that I have the ability to kind of, yeah. It, it, and it's exactly right. That that was the sentiment. Many people said that. Many people said I can walk the walk. Talk, talk, talk. It, it's it's very. Logical. Um, we wanted to just dive. We, we needed to scientifically prove it. We were pretty sure that was going to be the case, but we just needed to obviously mm. go through the, um, that line of inquiry. And 
in doing so, we also ensure to collect data about yeah those those the situational parameters that an individual would likely chat. Very few people said, "I got the vaccine just because the government told me, and I don't talk about it ever again." That <laughs> that didn't really it, it did it did happen a couple of times, yeah. but. Um, and yeah, a couple said I, need, I had to get it because of my work. I re- we really tried. We will try to be as robust as possible to collect kind of the, the broad spectrum of like, yes, I'm getting it. Give me as many as I can. I'm going to th- throw these vaccines like darts at people. <laughs> um, all the way to, yeah, the ones that I just mentioned. I was I definitely didn't want to get it, but I was going to lose my job. And I, I was happy to lose my job, but then I realized that we, the mortgage wouldn't keep up, so I had mm. to get it. Um, everywhere and everyone in between. So it was really uh, very diverse conversations. Yeah. Definitely. No two were the same. And yeah, so that was, um, that was the first two years of the, of the thesis. Mm-hmm. And what are you working on at the moment? Yes. Uh, fast forward to 2023. We're exiting the pandemic in a slow and arduous way. We now know that peer-to-peer is something we can work with. It's, it's, it's there. We are now going with this, uh, currently putting ethics through for a uh, some funded studies that are seeking to understand the effects of an actual intervention that aims to improve communication uh, standards of multicultural leaders. Hmm. We have learned that top-down approach is uh, effective in various settings. And a very effective, uh, an example, a such example would be yeah, church leaders, community leaders, CEOs who provide encouragement. So it is a, it just qualifies as peer-to-peer because hmm. how much of a peer are you to your priest? But they are part of the same community. So that we're, we're looking to explore, uh, we're going to apply the, we're going to, effectively give training. It's called the Vaccine Champion Program. Uh, it's been around for a little while. It's been, it's been um, it was implemented during the pandemic um, and it's currently being um, implemented in various South Pacific countries. We're going to take it, update it to suit the, uh, the demographic, the, the participants, make it about the booster and not the first couple of vaccines, which is what it was initially designed for. Mm. And we're going to apply the training. We're going to give them a, a survey just beforehand, asking them, what, how do you think you communicate? How well do you think you communicate? Give it to them after, directly after. And then a third one, four months after, to kind of capture how did you go in, out in the world in, in, in your learnings. Uh, we're also going to interview people to kind of get, give some more robust qual, qualitative data. Um, and we're also going to talk, to a, a third, that, that's, that, that's, surveys is one piece, Interviews are the second, and a third piece is um, interviews based off the training program, the train um, being offered to community members as well. Hmm. So we want to that this training, pro- uh, the, the training program for community members is not so much focused on them improving their communication skills, but we want to know how they are responding. It's more uh, to um, the. Uh, the effects of training that upskilled them in knowledge. So we, we just want to kind of ex- explore how does knowledge, so we know that your, how, how does knowledge affect or poten- potentially change your capacity to communicate in a peer-to-peer fashion? Mm. Because, you know, knowledge is power. Let's see if that empowers them to communicate. What, what knowledge are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
Um, and I think this is also something that, that you mentioned in, in the paper, which is what should be done anyway, mm. is that if you're talking with someone that has a uh, medical concern mm -hmm. about the vaccine mm -hmm. and you're not a medical medically mm -hmm. trained person, mm -hmm. the correct thing to do is to, you know, go talk to your GP sure. and blah, 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 right? Yeah. What at what what level of information are you giving these um, you know vaccine champions to? Because it's a medical thing, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, or maybe I'm probably looking at it from a like a lens that's not in the right vein, but that's how my brain sort of sees mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. Your quant makes sense. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I, I won't judge you. Like, but if you're saying to someone like, "Oh, you should take this vaccine. What's in it? Oh, I don't know. Um, whatever, mm, something's mm, in it. Mm, but mm. it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to have some sort of understanding of like, like what what is it doing? What is the thing? Sure. You know. Yep. So, to answer your question, that this champions program, and I, and I've taken it as well. I I I was a participant during the pandemic as mm. a as a, um, a cultural. Uh, leader in the Egyptian community, I was I was invited to one, and lo and behold, there's my supervisor giving me the teaching. <laughs> like, funny seeing you here. Um, it primarily focuses on the overarching emotional and uh, uh, communication-based styles that should be applied to people who are hesitant. So yes, there's knowledge, mm. but that isn't. It because as we as you know, I look at you guys. You know, you are the, you are also scientists and and in and specialize in your field. To communicate your uh, your field without changing the vernacular is not helpful at all. It doesn't doesn't lead to a result. Doesn't lead to learning. So we uh, apart from terms and phrases that 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 appropriately simplify the language. Uh, the other component is communication skills. So active listening, mm. empathy, yeah, a non-judgmental approach, mm. uh, a, a c appropriate sentiments of follow-up and follow-through. The kind of the, the the everything else that goes along with just the information. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're, what you're, I teach. you're teaching them how to how to like um, speak in a sort of narrative way, being like, like get, getting yeah. into like what how that person actually feels about this, rather than just being take it, it's good for you. Exactly, you know, and, and that and that's what the government was giving. So we yes, so so, yeah. so we know that it, there needs to be something else. Right. What what is missing? <laughs> and if we think about if we need proof to see how it, how effective adding a touch of compassion can be, we need only look. At the, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going. I'm not going to say. Look on the other side of the fence. We need to look at the the uh, the other areas that it has been used, and that is to perpetrate vaccine hesitancy. Mm. We see those stories on. Uh, we see those Facebook pages, and we hear the the uh, conspiracy theories that add complete um, emotional mm. uh, uh, components that don't really have anything to do with the science or the situation. But they've got a hook, don't they? Mm -hmm. I, it will start with, I lost my son mm. to this vaccine. And uh, absolutely, completely unsubstantiated. Um, very little detail provided. Uh, it, uh, it is the source of the information is either nowhere to be found or completely uh, uh, non-reputable. So then we ask the question, why does it work? Why is it so effective? Well, a suggested answer that my 
I haven't got the research to have proved this yet, but we can, but we can hypothesize as human beings that it works because it's human. Mm. It works because it's emotionally charged. Yeah, we're, we're emotional <laughs> creatures. Char- that's know? right. That's yeah. we, we, and we, we love like narratives. That's right. Yeah. So we are taking that, yeah. but applying it to science. This and this is the problem with science. Unfortunately, is that there is. This is my bit. If, if this is not to do with my research, so to speak. But it's uh, fails to speak about the overarching underlying passion for this it's that there is a huge divide and and it's growing between the general public and scientists Mm. the abstracts were designed uh, abstracts of of a journal paper were designed to be easy to understand language Mm. so the people who do not have a scientific background can understand what this paper is about we there are some abstracts that I that are in my field that I can't understand. <laughs> we have lost that completely, and this divide, yeah. this bridge, it, it it unfortunately, organically over time generates a, a sentiment of distrust. Mm-hmm. But I believe this is a belief. This is this no, is no, a, I, I, I agree, yeah. and I think like at the end of the day, in most countries, taxpayers are paying for mm-hmm. this research. That's right. You know, it's our money that's mm-hmm. going towards this mm-hmm. research. They should have a stake in it or at least a understanding of mm. what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. I that's think that's right. that's a very important and that was a really big thing during the pandemic. I mean, vaccines and masks and the virus aside, I think there was a lot of people coming to terms with understanding, oh, th- so that's what a virus is. Like, mm. oh, that's yeah. the sort of thing. And I think communicating race or science has really well, we we see that in like funding of like educational programs around the world and blah 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 you can go on for there but I do think there is a political element to that uh, where yeah. we have really failed to educate um, in these really basic principles. That's right. You know? It makes me think of MTS is your st- not to <laughs> switch switch things for a second, <laughs> but um, like I was a, a momentary participant of your research. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to drop out, as you know. But you did such a great job of. Uh, layman's terming the complexity of your research and I'm wondering did you find that was helpful like so I'm, I'm your <laughs> semi-structured interview start now consent give, no, no. but, but like, did you have, is this sorry are we now doing a sorry, meta just interview <laughs> it was just, it was, I just no it's a great question no. yeah like yeah. Do, you, do you find that, that people learned a lot about the field in your area like because of the study yeah absolutely yeah, there you go um, I think it's a job we have as yeah. researchers to communicate our stuff mm. to people out there so that they can understand it and not to other researchers, mm-hmm. not to other scientists. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what you're doing to your niece and your nephew? Yeah. Your mom, your dad? Because if you can't, then that's something that we've got to work on. That's, uh, and it's made all the more harder by, you know, I think very specific quantitative scientists where perhaps the need to explain to the average taxpayer is isn't quite made clear for me it's easy because i'm dealing with people talking about how people communicate it's about them but you know if, uh, i'll never forget i had a really important conversation with a senior professor who was, whose name will not be mentioned at a research seminar um last year they won't listen to this come on it was, jump, jump them <laughs> hey hey look you guys are going you guys are going places um and i raised this exact same point about the need for researchers to communicate more effectively mm. to the general public and he outright unashamedly outright unashamedly disagreed it was very much no we have no need it doesn't help them to know every little step that we're taking in the scientific advancement uh, and it doesn't it doesn't it takes up time because and we should be working on getting funding and i was uh 
absolute like if I wasn't studying this, I would have been horrified, but I was just perfectly fascinated instead that um, such a senior guy would um, would suggest such things because f- it, it, I don't think that it's understood by the, you know, these senior uh, representatives across... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use him as my sole sample size, but <laughs> if there's, I guess there'll be other people um, in, in the research industry that would not agree with this. And it's interesting to me that, um, you know, what we... It, it seems unusual to him and potentially some others that people keeping up with scientific advancements on a robust level is not needed. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. No, I've well just jotted down mentally several other podcasts that we're going to have you as a guest for. (laughs) (laughs) We could could keep on going Uh, chatting here. That's it. But in the interest of time, Mm. one of our favorite questions is to ask the guests a piece of advice their current selves Mm. would give their younger self. Oh, yeah. Now that you've gone through Mm. a bit of a journey. Yeah. I would suggest that... The best, I would tell myself, the best way to remain flexible in the way my career is going to turn out is to uh, genuinely see failure as an opportunity to do something else that's probably going to end up being better. So it's 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 a failure of this and it's like a welcome sign to potentially much more relevant and exciting areas of professional or personal or you know, life that I will excel in more. Yeah. I was so set on autometry. <laughs> I loved, I love the eye. It's the most <laughs> wonderful organ in the body. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make two people go blind because mm. I love the but eye. But in, in that, like just on that point, cause I think that's, that's something that everyone faces. You have, mm. Well, not everyone. There's those people that just um, <laughs> like I met. There's a RA at uh, Garvin, and I was just chatting. Like, oh, you know, like how's all your studies and everything going? And she's just top everything, just mm. totally going on. And yeah. I was just one of those people, just just like, yep, I'm good at all these things. And I'm like, <laughs> damn you. Um, anyway, but like when you encounter those those issues, and and I know that your your mentor and um, uh, ex supervisor uh, sort of helped you see in that different way, but mm. How do you handle that? Because that's an emotionally challenging thing to be yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I failed this course or I didn't get this mm, job mm. that I wanted or whatever it may be. How do you find those <laughs> other opportunities? Like, do they find you or do you suddenly go, well, that didn't work out. What's next? Um, I, I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> y- you know how I told you just before we started how I didn't get Quasimodo in The Hunchback of the Notre Musical? <laughs> I have since, like, I s- <laughs> fine. No, let me find, I'm going to look. I'm going to look for another. <laughs> and I'm now, in, I'm going to go for another audition. <laughs> like, um, m- uh, yeah, feel a bit of heat. Okay. And uh, manifest that into usefulness instead of falling into a slump. Hmm. <laughs> Get angry. <laughs> um, I wanted to propose to my wife uh, under Northern Lights at the Arctic Temple of Norway or something. I can't remember now. <laughs> Uh, we were going to leave on March 25th, 2020. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we had, we did, it, did it happen? Oh, <laughs> yeah, look. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, I was so upset that we couldn't go. And I was like, 
Can we swear on here? <laughs> Stuff it. Uh, I'm going to plan the best proposal ever. And I, I have a, I'm very proud of the proposal that we, that we had in Sydney. It involved 30 people. It involved dress-ups and scripts. <laughs> and the role was Henny Gardens. And surprise. Like, it was the best. It was so much better than what I... So that's just another stupid, stupid example, I think. So of. many, yeah. So many levels of... Different advice in there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those of you listening. Oh Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you Joshua. so much. All Thank of the you. best with the remainder of your PhD. We look forward to getting you back on to chat about what those findings yes. are. Yeah. And we have, I had a lot more questions about yeah. uh, <laughs> how you managed to do all the things that you managed to do. PGT <laughs> president. Oh, oh my God. Um, the, you've got this trip to the UN coming up soon. Oh, I'm so freaking like keen. The whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> but so yes. Much. <laughs> very, very, very happy to have you on, and and <laughs> thank, you. thank you for uh, for the advice and um, the time. I guess get vaccinated, right? Get va- <laughs> please get vaccinated, please. My supervisor will be very unhappy if you don't. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, and tune into the podcast on Spotify, Apple Tunes, and then we'll broadcast soon. <laughs>